All right, uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Cross Counter Content Podcast. I'm here with Shelby, and Shelby has lots of questions about podcasts and content. Hi, yeah, lots of questions. Thanks for having me. Um, I guess I just have questions about I'm a newbie. I know nothing about the tech industry. I don't know anything about podcasting. Um, and I guess I'm just looking for helpful hints on what, you know, I'm looking at a long-term game, something that is, um, I have a different career in the works. I'm working toward a license in a specific field, and I'm looking to supplement my career with um, things that sort of help me build up a name for myself and um, make myself known to clients. Um and so I, what love field? Psychology. Psychology. <laughs> psychology. I'm analyzing you right now. Um, and I guess, yeah, I, I have this vision of myself. I have, you know, four to five years before I'm even licensed. So I have lots of time. Um, but you're in grad school. I'm in grad school right now getting my doctorate. In psychology. Clinical psychology. Oh, we, you know, you fancy. Okay. <laughs> I'm fancy. Um, so, yeah, I guess I was interested in starting a podcast. Um, obviously, I can't say that I'm licensed on my podcast now because that's illegal. Who cares? <laughs> you don't need a license. Okay. All right. Lesson yeah. number one of podcasting. You don't need a license to podcast. No, I get that, but I don't. It also makes me. Um, I can't. I have to be careful how I frame what information I'm giving because I can't frame it as I'm a licensed psychologist yet. So I'm. So what if you never even mentioned any of that? Yeah, that's true. I guess at some point I would like it to be associated with that part of my career, but I guess at some. Yeah, but I, once you get there. That's something I can worry about later down the road. Um. Okay, so if, um, yeah, I'm just curious, like, what, to get a podcast up and going, you know, you mentioned to me that um, a long-term game is better than a short-term game, lower my expectations. Yes. <laughs> yes, he said Yes, that. <laughs> lower your expectations. Yeah, lower my expectations. Um, and realistically, I also have to think about time management. I'm in grad school, so realistically like what's a good goal starting out like how often should i be shooting to get a show out so what matters most is not the frequency but the consistency Mm -hmm. so you could say okay well you based on your schedule can do one piece of content whether it was a podcast or a video or whatever per per month Mm -hmm. i would argue that that's not enough Mm -hmm. but if that was what you were actually limited to schedule wise then i would say that because you're only doing stuff once a month it has to be like way better Mm -hmm. if you can commit to doing stuff once a week now you know instead of it doing like instead of doing it like 12 times a year you're doing it 52 times a year it's automatically going to be better because you're doing it more often Mm -hmm. so in order to integrate creating content 
on a weekly basis into your schedule, it means that you're going to have to dedicate less time to, you know, to each piece. Because mm-hmm. what ends up happening, what I what I notice lots of people do is when they first start doing content it's really exciting and they're like oh my god this is so much fun and like i'm having fun editing and shooting or recording or whatever and then what ends up happening is like six to eight months down the road Mm -hmm. life gets in the way and then they're like something happens and they're like oh i don't know if i want to i don't have time to do it this week Mm -hmm. and then they fall off So what I notice is that the trick is to reduce the amount of effort and time that you're spending on each piece of content so that it's sustainable over the long run. So that you don't have to be worried about making things perfect Mm -hmm. because you're like, okay, well, it's week one. I got... If I'm going to do this for a year, I got 51 more tries at this. Therefore, it doesn't matter if this one is not perfect or this one is not, you know, up to my standards or it sucks or whatever. But if you reduce that by doing it once a month right now, you only have like 12 times to get it right now. Okay, pressure's on. Mm -hmm. Because what you'll find is that each time that you make content, you're going to get from a creative standpoint, you're going to get better at it. But from a production and workflow standpoint, you're also going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. So imagine doing something 12 times a year versus doing something 52 times a year. It's way different because if you got like 3 to 5% better at doing it every time, then obviously doing it 52 times is going to make you way better than only doing it 12 times. Right. So it's going to come down to your ability to reduce the amount of time that it takes to take something from concept to output Mm -hmm. tangible output okay um and then i guess the other question i have is so if i'm doing this once a week like what's kind of what's involved in getting myself started like how much equipment do you need to get started well so for those people listening at home we are recording this in a a glass cubicle on a blue Yeti Pro USB microphone, which is, I mean, if we were, if this was some sort of big budget production, we would probably each have our own microphones. I mean, if you look at something like the Joe Rogan podcast, that's like probably the most successful, most efficient podcast that I can think of that's not only streamed live, with audio but also video with you know one mic for each guest but really you don't need any of that Mm -hmm. like if it was just you talking i mean this mic i don't know it's like 100 100 i can't this mic cannot be more than 150 bucks okay so based on the macbook that you have in your hands (laughs) you could plug this mic or really any other usb mic into it mm-hmm. hit record in uh, QuickTime, mm-hmm. and you would have all the gear that you need in order to do a podcast okay now is this the best mic on the planet no but does it matter mm-hmm. no because 
you could actually do it with just the gear, you know, with just the MacBook. Mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't sound Great. as good, mm -hmm. but who, who cares? Because mm -hmm. we'll, the reality is that when you first start out with a podcast or any other piece of content, you're not going to have a big audience. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about that stuff starting out. Exactly. Like, I mean, if you're in grad school, obviously, and, and you have this MacBook, like, you know, you probably have the funds required in order to get some yeah, sort of USB microphone. microphone. Mm -hmm. And really, that's all you need. Okay. So the real, uh, it's not so much like a financial investment, I would say, as much as it is like an time. investment in yourself and the time in order to, to learn what it takes in order to like put to, to, to publish. Mm -hmm. And from a publishing perspective, you know, all you really have to do is type in like how to make how to, you know, publish a podcast in iTunes or whatever. Like how many episodes do you recommend having before you publish? Zero. <laughs> publish the first one. Okay. Yeah. Just do it as you go. Yeah, I mean, okay. because this is the thing, like, if it sucks, nobody's gonna hear it. Mm -hmm. If it's great, not that many people are gonna hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so so it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It starts off slow either way. Yeah, what what's most important is thinking about how this fits into your weekly schedule. Mm -hmm. Like for example, um, a lot of people get stuck in this loop of spending like all day like oh you know you'll spend like four hours making the video and then like four hours editing the video or a podcast audio whatever it doesn't matter and then you know you struggle with like another couple hours of uh publishing and promoting or posting on social media or whatever mm -hmm. but that amount of effort you know when we're looking at like two four six eight twelve hours of like total amount of of time dedicated to putting out one piece of content that's no, not okay. sustainable mm -hmm. it's not sustainable over a long period of time because based on my experience to build something substantial in content without it being reliant on some sort of gimmick or luck or whatever it's going to take a long time mm -hmm. so it's not about making things perfect it's about making thing it's just about output over a long period consistent output over a long period of time mm -hmm. and then your output becomes better as you keep doing it yes every because every time you do it you're going to get a little bit better right so it'll improve naturally on its mm -hmm. own over time you don't have to spend so much time critiquing it in the beginning right because the reality is that even if it was perfect even if it was amazing what's the difference between bless you what what's the difference between having 10 people listen to it let's say it was twice as good now you have 20 people listen to it who gives a shit mm -hmm. like what's the difference between 10 and 20 people listening like it so what is a like what is a significant number of people to be listening to it a significant amount of people listening to your work is however many it takes in order for you to feel like it was worth it mm -hmm. and then how do you eventually how i don't understand the process of how do people make money on podcasts 
So making money through podcasts is a complex topic that, to be honest, like I I don't know a whole lot about because like uh, what is it? What year is it? Okay, so ten years ago when I was uh, producing my first podcast. There were no advertising networks. There really was no way to monetize. That was like very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's different, uh, you know, there's like podcast advertising networks. You can do like affiliate marketing. And that's what we were doing like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you familiar with affiliate marketing? I know. That's where affiliate marketing is where you get a percentage of sales that you generate or send to like a particular company. For example, Amazon has the biggest affiliate program in the world called Amazon Associates, where if you use your Amazon Associates link and you send that to somebody and they buy a product on Amazon, whether it was the product that you linked them to or not, you would receive anywhere between four and 6% of the retail price. So that's an example of affiliate marketing that's grown to like the largest level. So back in the day, we didn't, that was all we had was like, okay, well, if we do affiliate marketing and somebody buys this product that we're talking about in this podcast, then we'll get a cut. But I mean, obviously, even if it's like a $100 product Mm -hmm. and your commission was 5%, you're making like $5. So if your audience... I mean, back then, we didn't really know how big our audience was, so we didn't generate a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. Um, So monetizing podcasts back then was difficult. Nowadays, to be honest, like I don't know a whole lot about how to monetize outside of selling ads on your podcast because that seems to be like the most straightforward way to do it. When I look at the podcasts that I follow the most, like the Joe Rogan podcast and the Tim Ferriss show, um, at the beginning of each of their podcasts, they usually are promoting anywhere between two and four different brands or offers that they've worked out some sort of deal with. Like, for example, um, on the Tim Ferriss show, he'll he'll be promoting like me undies or uh, four sigmatic uh, mushroom like coffee joe rogan will consistently pr- be promoting like his stand-up uh shows as well as um i don't know i mean you you see different offers with like different podcasts but it's really only once they've built a substantial audience that they're able to kind of like negotiate these types of deals So that's where, personally, I'm not super adept at knowing the ins and outs of monetizing podcasts because, like, I'm more focused on, like, video and YouTube and subscriptions and whatnot. Um, But that's why, like, it's... I don't really recommend thinking about, like, how to monetize in the beginning because Mm -hmm. even if you knew the perfect way to monetize... You're still, it's still going to take you a long period of time to build the audience to a point where these types of brands or partners would, would want to work with you. Mm-hmm. So it can't be at the beginning 
I mean, in the first like year or two, it, it can't really be like motivated by money. Mm-hmm. It's got to be motivated by just doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interest and um, it seems like it sort of works in my favor that it's you know a supplemental means to something else. It can definitely you can definitely build a name for yourself and build respect within any community that you're trying to make a name for yourself in, mm-hmm. and that can be I mean maybe that that's monetary that could be monetarily lucrative in other ways. Yeah, like it doesn't necessarily. You know, let's say having listeners on your podcast doesn't necessarily pay the rent. But it might bring It brings opportunity. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. so I use content uh, to drive traffic or as customer acquisition mm-hmm. for other products that we have. Like, for example, you know, we put videos on YouTube and we send people to our subscription, our subscription website. So that people can access the videos, you know, before they hit YouTube. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you could use your content to drive, like, you know, we, for example, we've used videos in the past to, to drive traffic to sell merchandise, like t-shirts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it's not as, generally when you're first starting out, it's not as simple as just being like, oh, I'm going to have a podcast and then I'm going to like make money from the podcast. It's mm-hmm. not that linear. Mm-hmm. If that were my goal, I might be really disappointed. Yes. That's why, that's why I tell you like manage, manage your expectations, lower them substantially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, so because when, when you start when you start a new venture and you're only focused on like, okay, well, like how does this impact the financial bottom line mm-hmm. with something that's like super long term, you're going to get discouraged mm-hmm. and you're going to be like, oh, well, fuck, like how much do we make this month? Oh, right. we made like 50 cents. Oh, fuck this. Like this was not worth it. In a world of immediate gratification, right. we're not going to find it. No, there. But no. for my purpose or this other bigger goal, it could be really work out and it also I don't know it's kind of exciting the idea of having something that I'm interested in and working on it I mean I'm studying it anyway why not talk about the stuff I'm learning every week and um, use it as an outlet for that yeah Mm -hmm. I mean if I always think about well okay how can I provide value to the listener Mm -hmm. so if if you know you feel like you have a lot to say about a specific topic or what you're learning in school then you have to think okay well who would this be valuable for mm-hmm. who would listen uh, to this who's not interested in psychology in some level i don't know learning I'm about not, themselves nah i mean i'm not <laughs> i'm i'm not interested but that's or relationships Uh, who's got the time Mm -hmm. but I'm sure there's a lot but that just because but that's the thing like you can't be you can't think like okay well everybody's going to be interested in this you have to figure out who's going to be listening you have to you have to narrow it down Mm -hmm. because you have and then narrow it down further to the point where it's like okay well like when I think about my work I think okay well how do I entertain myself Mm -hmm. first if I'm not entertained, informed, or educated, then how can I expect anybody else to be? Mm-hmm. And then I work outwards from there. So maybe I start with, okay, 
I think this is funny. Let's do this. Okay, now, does the small immediate circle around me find this funny? Okay, cool. Now we all think it's funny. All right, cool. Now we can bridge out from there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be funny. It can be useful, inter- you know, entertaining yeah. or whatever, informative. It doesn't matter. Like when I first started doing, when I first started doing content, it was just producing a podcast for, for another guy. When I started to do my own podcast, I was just interviewing other people that were experts in my field. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, here's what Ryan has to say about XYZ. Mm-hmm. It was me asking other people who are well-respected in my field to share their thought processes mm-hmm. because nobody was doing that at the time. So that that created a, a sense of usefulness for the people that would listen because... It wasn't like, oh, it's like the Ryan show, like this is what I think. It was like, oh, here's a chance to connect with experts in our field and ask them what they think Mm -hmm. so that it wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. No, that's interesting too, for sure. Um, I don't know that I have a lot of thoughts about that right now, but I'm definitely going to sit with that. Um... Yeah, I'm also curious too, Yeah, what are the... What are the things that tend to be like the hits? Like what works, you know, what sticks out? Yeah, is it comedy? Does that seem to be like the thing that does well? Or does this... um... Problem, the problem with trying to be funny is that if you're not actually one of those people, Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult to sustain. So like for me personally, like I don't consider myself like funny or witty or anything like that. I'm just not. Maybe I could learn to be like that, but I don't consider myself that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead, with most of the stuff that I do when it's by myself, it's just, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. is this useful to somebody else? Because it's much more straightforward for me to to have a conversation or ask somebody you know what they think or what uh, about their expertise than it is for me to be like okay well i'm gonna try to like make something that is entertaining or funny for an audience that's bigger than just myself like that's like way because it's so subjective Mm -hmm. like what i think is funny or you think is funny is like way different than probably what most people think However, like when you're asking people that are experts and well-respected in any field what they think, that's just straight useful mm-hmm. to that entire community. Sure. So it can be educational. Sure. Okay. And then do you have like a minimum amount of... So I know you mentioned not worrying about putting too much time into it, but oh. is there sort of a minimum you shoot for in each podcast? At the beginning, I think it's best to put as little effort as possible. So even like a 10-minute podcast. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because what, what I've what I've kind of like discovered from talking with different people that are trying to get into content is... Through conversation, I came up with like this like uh, twenty minute rule. So generally, I feel like it's unsustainable to spend four hours, eight hours, twelve hours, you know, on a piece of content that you're trying to do every week. Mm-hmm. What if you spent twenty minutes making it, twenty minutes 
or 20 minutes like planning and recording 20 mm-hmm. minutes like editing and you know cleaning it up and 20 minutes uploading and promoting it okay. now you're at That's like yeah mm-hmm. now if you're not able to do to commit one hour a week to your work oh that's easy yeah one hour a week is then you're not really committed yeah i mean one hour a week is when i first came in here that's why i was asking these questions because when i first came in here it's like okay do i really have a a day a week to do five hours and something no but an hour absolutely that's like an easy friday night before i go out or something exactly so so when you think about it like okay I need to get this this entire thing done, start to finish, mm-hmm. in an hour. Now, it it kind of like brings this, it, it narrows the scope. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to like solve world hunger in like <laughs> five hours every week. You're just trying to put out something useful or interesting mm-hmm. in an hour, which means that when you're first starting out, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be like well polished. All that matters is that you're able to allocate this amount of time, a relatively small amount of time, weekly mm-hmm. or daily or whatever you decide, whatever works for you. But it has to be an amount of time and effort that's sustainable, sustainable. over a long period of time yeah well I just think about even the idea of content like I spend a lot of hours in my car every week I commute to Santa Barbara for school I spend a lot of time thinking about topics related to my field you know you drive to Santa Barbara (laughs) every week yeah okay yeah so that's really good that's solid like thinking driving time yeah Yeah, and it's like every week I usually spend it I often record you know, what I'm learning in school and listening to it on my way home. Yeah. So that's like contemplating time that I could be thinking of, you know, I could be spending that time working. Yeah, for sure. Because you're going to be spending, I mean, what's, you know, we're in LA, so it's like two hours to Santa Barbara, two hours back. Mm -hmm. So that's like super solid time that you're just like in one place driving, thinking about your stuff where... Even if, you know, let's say you're recording a voice memo on your phone or whatever, even if that's not the finished product, Mm -hmm. it's still, if it were me, I I would probably still use that time to like talk out loud, brainstorm ideas. And then once I got to where I was going, then I... And you could do actual recording and it's a little bit more polished by then. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I do that once a week. It's not like every day, so... But that's plenty of time. So that's like four, two hours going, two hours coming. Yeah. That's, yeah. So four hours each week that you're like kind of by yourself mm-hmm. thinking about. Already thinking about these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. I like that. Thank yeah. You. And then, you know, it doesn't, you know, if you spent four hours coming and going, you know, you would probably be able to distill all of that work into like you know like a super solid like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. you know and then you hit the button on the laptop because you got the usb mic you kind of have already an idea of what you're going to say because you probably practiced it on the way back or something boom like 10 minutes record it you know like trim out the beginning and end Mm -hmm. render upload boom and it's done, you know, as opposed to like 
trying to, you know, a lot of people try to, you know, they get into this mindset of wanting to make everything perfect, Mm -hmm. but there is no perfect. And you're not even close to perfect at the beginning. Maybe like, you know, a thousand times deep into it, maybe you're like really getting to the point where you're like 10,000 hours, hours, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the beginning, you don't have any of that. Right. You know, and and your your audience is going to be like super small anyways. Mm-hmm. So like who cares? Nobody's even going to be Nobody's going to give a shit or caring. Yes. Um, you know, another question I guess I'm that's coming to my mind now is um, what's the benefit of doing, you know, a YouTube channel over doing podcasts or is there one or can they both be beneficial? Yeah. So, I mean, for 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 us and what we're doing, I mean, you know, YouTube and video is like a large component. But um, to me, when you're first starting out, it's I, I think there's value in in trying different platforms, different mediums, because you don't really know what's going to hit, mm-hmm. right? Like at the beginning, when you're just thinking about a podcast, you're like, okay, well. It's just audio. I'm going to upload it. Boom. It's going to be on iTunes. But the problem is that you don't necessarily know how many people are like searching iTunes in the podcast section for the topic or the title of what you're talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we know on YouTube there's like hella people looking for all kinds of you know, content on, you know, an infinite number of topics. So to me, there's not really like a downside to trying different mediums unless it takes a disproportionate amount of time because you're also doing YouTube. So for example, let's say that you have a mic like this, it's plugged into your MacBook and you know you're recording yourself talking well from a technical perspective or production standpoint there's no difference between recording just the audio and doing the audio and the video Mm -hmm. the only difference is that you're going to have to release the audio you know specifically for itunes which is going to require one workflow but you're going to have like a different workflow for iTunes uh, for YouTube. Mm-hmm. So, but from, but when you're just recording it, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're the, just pressing the video button. Yeah. So imagine while you're talking. Yeah. So imagine it's going to take like five, like time slash effort units of yourself to put out like an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's only going to take like one extra unit of time and effort to also put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it can be like a way to be like more efficient because you're kind of like putting out more content on a different platform with relatively the same amount of effort. Mm-hmm. So there's really no downside and if anything it actually makes you kind of like a more well-rounded content producer because you're experienced because i mean it's like a skill like okay well you know to put out a podcast and like get it on itunes and soundcloud and all this stuff like it's just one more skill for you to develop to also take 
that same content and put it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So why not? Yeah, there's the only difference, like, let's say that it takes you, you know, if you follow this model of like trying to keep it to an hour, let's say putting it on YouTube costs you an extra like 15 minutes. So, I mean, you're still kind of like around that level where it's like, okay, that's manageable versus let's say it taking an extra hour or an extra like four hours to put it onto right. different platforms. Now we're like, oh, is this really worth it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So, and then it's like, um, you know, I don't, for me personally, I don't see myself doing YouTube in the beginning, but as I get comfortable doing the podcast and sort of feel like I've reached a level where I feel comfortable, you know, putting that out and then I'm maybe ready to add that on and it seems like it would be a quick add on or a new easy direction. Yeah, because, you know, you already have the hardware. I mean, people living in the first world or in North America or whatever, like if you're listening to this or even thinking about content, you already have the hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like a you significant. Yeah, you have access, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not that big of a jump or a leap to also, you know, double up a podcast and add video or whatever. It's not that much of a stretch. In fact, it might even be beneficial to try to build the audience on multiple platforms through multiple mediums from the beginning because it's going to take such a long time anyways Mm -hmm. like imagine that you were doing your podcast for like a year 52 episodes once a week and then like a year into it you're like i want to do youtube Mm -hmm. also well now it's going to take you you know it's going to also take you a long amount a significant amount of time to build up that audience on youtube but if you would have just done both from the beginning, both like, let's say, audio through a podcast on iTunes as well as YouTube mm-hmm. from the get go, you would have built both audiences on different platforms through different mediums concurrently at the same time, mm-hmm. as opposed to picking one over the other and then deciding later, oh, shit, I wanted to do that, too, mm-hmm. okay. because the effort, I mean, like from a production standpoint, the, the effort required to do a video versus an audio only podcast it's the same shit Mm -hmm. got it um i don't really have any other questions i guess for me um i guess i'm sort of ending maybe on this final thought that I, i think what i'm walking away with is that the idea you know what really creates a successful endeavor i guess you would say is the content is exactly what you're talking about it's not wanting to get the following it's not wanting the attention um it's It's the content and consistency yeah the consistency and your interest in the content and you're willing to sort of be creative and have fun with it yeah because there's going to come a point where the honeymoon phase is over Mm -hmm. at the beginning you're like oh this is fun i'm like putting out a podcast or doing all this stuff and that's dope in in the early phases and then once you get once life catches up mm-hmm. you're like oh fuck i gotta choose <laughs> i gotta choose between doing this and you know going out or going to work or mm-hmm. studying or whatever and you have to make that choice and that's where people fall off mm-hmm. 
So if, so if you, you're married to the content, if it's something you really care about, if you're getting value from doing the work, mm-hmm. then that'll carry you forward when it starts to get difficult when life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Because imagine that, you know, you were, I mean, in psychology, right? Imagine that every week you were interviewing, like, you know, like <laughs> the Sigmund Freuds of the, you know, of history. Yeah. Like every week you were doing that. You would do that for yourself if you have a love for the subject, regardless of what you're following. Yeah, it would just be interesting for me, and it would be, you know, valuable, and it would be, I would be a learning experience. And exactly, and that's what will carry you forward Mm -hmm. when it starts to suck, when it feels like a grind, because inevitably, over a long enough period of time, if you are consistent, it will start to suck. You will start to feel like I'm putting in more that I'm getting back. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like it's important to manage the amount of time that you put in so that you don't feel like, ah, whatever, it was only an hour. I'm over-investing myself. Exactly. You don't want to over-invest in the same way that we don't want to over-invest in people or relationships. So what do you do when you hit that? I'm just curious, you know, what do you do when you hit that grind yourself? Like, what what are ways that you sort of renew your interest or... Um, you know, tweak it or what, you know, what do you do to, to get through that period or what's your advice in that situation? <laughs> the look on your face is, <laughs> I don't know if I, I regret asking this maybe. When it starts to feel like a grind, mm-hmm. let me think. When, when it really starts to feel like a grind and I'm not like particularly enthusiastic about content that I'm making or feel obligated to make in the past I've done things like take a long extended break um, that's not necessarily a solution mm-hmm. um, What I've done more recently is try to get other people Mm. to that may be more enthusiastic about it because there's speakers, yeah, like you know, yeah, guest hosts, guest speakers, you know, people. If you if you do it long enough to actually get burnt out on it, Mm -hmm. chances are you're going to find other people along the way. That aren't burnt out, mm-hmm. you know, and that may be an indicator that you can adjust your role, if even temporarily, to let somebody else who's more, you know, more enthusiastic take over for a little while. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said. I mean, I, I've thought about this like many a times where it's like, I feel like I would rather train my replacement then be replaced Mm -hmm. you know because then i have a hand in that person's success and then it's not like oh i'm just like caught off guard Mm -hmm. you know because we don't want to be surprised because in any form of entertainment or competition or whatever you're always going to have people that are younger hungrier smarter faster better looking more knowledgeable or whatever so rather than trying to act like that's not a looming possibility i would rather just embrace it 
and try to help other people so that they're not they don't have to struggle the exact same way that I did mm-hmm. so even if it's one step easier I feel like paving the way for people to you know who are more into it or whatever uh, builds like long term value in the relationship mm-hmm. so that even if so so that if I can help them pursue what they're far more interested in than I am currently at the moment that will in some way come back to help me later on because that person hopefully if I pick carefully will remember that I I tried to help them and I gave them opportunities when they were you know when they were ready as opposed to other people who take different approaches and try to keep people down mm-hmm so yeah but that's i mean that's still like a long 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 ways ways away away. yeah Yeah, absolutely um okay i thought of one more question um what is a you know what's a good introduction on a do you do an introduction episode do you you know what what's the importance of introducing yourself and to what extent and and talking about what your purpose is or what you're doing or or is it just better to just jump right into the content Whatever feels, whatever feels natural. I mean, like for example, with this particular podcast, right? Like, so this is, I guess, technically, if we think of this as like the content podcast, this is only like episode three. Mm-hmm. So, what did I do on episode one? I said, I said, hey, here's a new content podcast, and it was actually just a recording of a conversation that I had with uh, with an art a musician friend of mine. And I didn't, at the time when I recorded it, I didn't even know that it was going to be like a content podcast. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was, it was a guy that I'd, I've known for a long time and I felt like it was a, a valuable conversation that should be recorded. And then I just figured out what to do with it later. Mm-hmm. Um, in the earlier episodes before it was like a content podcast, it was just me and my, my former uh, co-host, Mike. And we essentially just had one of our friends on that we knew very well. And I had a vision for where I wanted to take the podcast in terms of talking about more like the business side of like gaming and esports and stuff. But in the first episode, we didn't really have any of that. And it just kind of devolved into talking about like movies and bullshit like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe that wasn't the best. That wasn't really like true to where I had envisioned it. But like it doesn't really matter because like how many people listen to it anyways like not that many who cares and it's just an episode it's just the first episode who mm-hmm. cares mm-hmm. so i'm i'm not really a proponent of like overthinking things or trying to make things perfect mm-hmm. um but with that said in in the first time the first episode of the first podcast that i did which was like 10 plus years ago i was just interviewing an expert in our field Mm-hmm. So it was just like, oh, hey, what's up? It's Ryan, blah, blah, blah. Today we're going to be talking to this guy and we're going to be talking about this. And then we just went straight into it. And that was useful content in itself without needing like a big introduction or whatever. Because mm-hmm. what you'll find is that when you're interviewing people and you ask experts 
for their time or whatever, like most people are super stoked to talk about themselves. <laughs> it's actually yeah. like not, it's actually not that hard. Sure. Whether it's in person or over Skype or what, it doesn't really matter. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you answered the major questions I had. All right. Well, so so Shelby, when's the when's the first uh, episode? I'm gonna shoot for next week. I'm gonna shoot for next week. What's what's gonna be the topic? Um, well, the first thing coming to, to my mind is that I'm sort of thinking about. Um, I've had it on my mind to interview, you know, young men and women in their mid or late twenties about. Um, expectations they have of each other that's sort of I listen to a lot of my friends talking and um, I feel like men and women especially and I'm, I'm sort of limiting it to like people who identify as the same thing so they're young democratic they're you know educated they you know they're working um, they identify as liberal so, you know, but the, I think that a lot of times my experience is that these people seem to identify, uh, you know, thinking that they're on the same page about a lot of things, but when you get down to expectations of each other and or relationships, it seems that they have very different expectations. And so I kind of see myself doing some sort of like little series to get started, maybe where I interview several men each episode, you know, different, ep one person an episode. And then, you know, several women, one person an episode, and just kind of getting a grasp of what they fantasize about their relationship to be, whether it's their current one, their future one, what expectations they have of when they meet a partner, and, um, and kind of just match those up back and forth to each other and to hear both ends, you know, and I'm not really sure what I expect the replies to be, but my um, suspicion is that they will be different. Um, so more to be continued about that. Okay. Well, <laughs> cool. I mean, there's, you know, there's room for everybody's voice and there is no like what, like a holy grail of podcasts or topics or whatever. All it is, is just doing it. Yeah. And then doing it like a hundred more times yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a way that's uh, sustainable. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, it's been my experience, you know, as a budding therapist that it's um, people really love talking about love and relationships and dynamics and what went wrong and what went right. And so I kind of see, um, you know, the scope being psychology and I'm open to it kind of broadening out, but I kind of see relationships being a part of it getting started anyway, because that's, it's a hot button. It's a, yeah. it's a very, um, you know, it's a, it's a topic of conversation Absolutely. and, and really like when it comes to podcasts and long form content, like, you know, it's fine. Like people want to, people want to listen to, this stuff and they want to hear different thoughts you know like mm -hmm. people trying to look for podcasts are probably a different type of person than people who are just like looking at snapchat stories and instagram all the time you know so you're going to reach like a different type of person absolutely yeah and that's my that's my hope and my interest so cool 
All right, well, Shelby, you're going to have to keep me updated on the developments of said podcast. And good luck. Thanks. All you got to do. <laughs> Thanks, I'm not, Thanks for answering my questions. Oh, no problem. I'm not going to tell you to fuck it up because the only way that you can fuck it up is by starting and then stopping before before you reach where you're going. I think I got that message. Okay, good. Been. All right, good. All right. Thanks, everybody, Thanks, for listening. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Software do you use? All right, go ahead. All right, okay, small little addition. <laughs> <laughs> What's involved in the editing process and what kind of software do you use? So I'm using uh, a free open source app called Audacity. It's available on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Uh, it's free and open source. I mean, me personally, I'm going to save it as a WAV file and then send it to my editor. Uh, I recommend that people who are getting started in content do like as much of the production process as they can themselves so that they learn what the process is. So for you, because I see you holding a MacBook, um, GarageBand has like a podcast template or layout or whatever Mm -hmm. so teaching yourself to learn the ins and outs of basic audio editing in GarageBand or Audacity is in my mind I mean it's a pretty unless you have like you know like money to spend on this but generally I imagine that most people that are getting started in content are trying to do it on a zero budget um, you have to learn how to do basic yeah. editing yourself. It's not rocket science. There's plenty of like tutorials, YouTube videos out there on, on how to do it. And once you have that final file, then, you know, all you got to Google, all you got to do is Google like how to, how to submit a podcast to iTunes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not hard. It's nothing that, a. I mean, you're in grad school, right? You're smart, right? <laughs> Supposedly. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, like it's, it's, it it's out. not that hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Audacity and GarageBand is all you need. Okay. Good to know. Thanks. Okay. All right. No problem. Bye. Bye. <laughs>